guys, welcome to the Game of Thrones Tower of Babel Breakdown for Season 5, Episode 1. It's that time of year again that everyone looks forward to um, all year long, right? They do 10 weeks watching the best show on television, and then, or 11 weeks with a break, and, and then you spend the rest of the year depressed and lonely and sad, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for it to come back. Um, but for the pirates out there, you know, they're, they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Um, We'll talk about that. There's lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, obviously, we're t- we'll talk about the first uh, the first episode. That's what we do here. Um, if you're new to the podcast, we break down the uh, Game of Thrones every, every episode of Game of Thrones. We spoil everything from the show leading up to through the episode that we're talking about. We don't spoil anything. Um, Daniel's not going to spoil anything uh, from the books that he knows for future episodes. I've never read any of the books. Daniel's read all the books. Um, if you're following along with Game of Thrones news and stuff, you know that this season is going to start spoiling things from the book. So Dan's not very happy about that. Um, I don't know if this season. Oh yeah, yeah. Certain, yeah. certain storylines will. Yep. But which will it'll kind of change the dynamic of the show somewhat. But I'm excited about it. You know, it'll be uh, interesting. Yep. Yeah. Um, I probably will get really mad when it does happen. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with it now. I'm at, a, I'm, at, I'm at peace with it. But I will get really frustrated when it happens. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it just. <laughs> It's like this four stage or whatever, how many stages of grief are there? Um, or is grief one of the stages? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean. You, you, it's good. You're just, you'll have to, you'll, you'll go through a period where you're really angry and then you'll be sad, emotional for no reason. You know, you just look at your cat one day and be like, what the fuck are you looking at? You know, <laughs> this cat pisses me off. Well, I mean, most cats do. In my opinion, most cats. What do they do? What do cats do? They no, sit he's around. Just a freeloader. He sits around. He, I feed him. I clean out his litter box, and he just looks at me all day. <laughs> yeah, like if you like company of an animal, I guess then you you know you can enjoy that. Um, so let's talk about some of the first. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff before we get into the actual episode itself. So if you've been again following along with any of the um, uh, the news, you know that. The first four episodes of the season have been leaked online um, Sunday morning of the day of the premiere. Um, as far as we know, it's from someone who was given an early screener. Um, this is the re- four, uh, first four episodes were released to the press to uh, re- so they could review them um, ahead of time uh, going into the first four episodes, obviously. So we think it's from the press. We don't, they're not sure who exactly did it, um, but... Uh, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. I mean, I know a lot of people have probably seen it, so you got to be aware of spoilers. I mean, if you're, you know, spoiler sensitive like That's I the thing. Am. I've been kind of like avoiding Twitter and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, too, too concerned. Um, I mean, it's only four episodes, right? So I'm not, you know, it's not like the whole season's been ruined. Um, my plan, and it's an interesting question. It kind of brings up a question about something we've talked about in the past about being a part of the conversation, uh, which is why we like the show so much is the conversation surrounding it, not just the show itself, right? Yeah. Um, so it kind of brings that question up. So, you know, four first four episodes have been released. This is kind of like um, a microcosm of like when you have, say, Daredevil that was out released this weekend as well, right? Um, all at once, all 13 episodes. Um, the conversation happens a little bit differently. So now we have this first four episodes that are released. A lot of people have seen already the first four. They just binged it, boom, 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 uh, done. But then you have the other people who wanted to, who like me, I'm, I'm going to watch them one week at a time. I have some, some small portion of me has some self-control so i'm going to be able to uh i I think be able to handle not watching the other ones not to mention as far as i've heard uh the quality of them is pretty crappy it's they're not they're not hd yeah they they weren't hd um which 
to me is very important, especially for this show. It's such a beautiful show. I don't know why we'd want to watch it in anything but HD um, or Blu-ray. You know, I, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to buy this season's Blu-ray uh, set, um, but I definitely like miss watching, um, going back and watching them on Blu-ray because they are. This show is absolutely gorgeous, um, and it's, yeah. you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, and normally, I'm not this much against piracy um, because I, it, you know, I find a lot of that stuff is, you know, you can't really stop it anyway. But um, when it comes to something like this, where it, people are so emotionally invested in spoilers and and all that kind of stuff, to to release the first four episodes online like that is kind of it kind of stings a little bit more. Um, I guess I don't know. I'm kind of looking at it as like we all kind of have that screener now. Like I was considering trying to watch the episodes and then preparing those reviews, and then I would still tune in and watch the episodes and yeah. then release the reviews like normal, but didn't have a chance. Well, you know, I was. It's funny you mentioned that because I was actually um, days, I guess, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was you know, investigating, uh, looking into how you got, um, uh, how you could be, you know. Um, Certified by HBO to get uh, early screeners. Like, well, what do you need? What kind of credentials do you need? I mean, we got we do this show. I figured maybe you know we could try. You know, it wouldn't hurt. Right? Yeah, it's worth a shot, I um, guess. Yeah. But you know, now I'm thinking, no, there's no chance now. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> They're gonna lock it all up. Right yeah, exactly. It's like I'll be surprised if they even do screeners next year. Uh, maybe the first episode. You know, they'll give that one out early. Um, I know that people like press have had the screeners for a while. Like these, these aren't. They didn't just come out last week. Like I think they've had them for like a few weeks now, uh, if not longer. So um, I don't know. Uh, it just it really really ticks me off, you know. Really grinds my gears. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do I do really like. I'm gonna really enjoy looking at it as like I said that microcosm of the 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 full release versus the weekly release um, and how that the people knowing the first four versus the people who are watching it week to week how that um, I don't know. How they butt heads a little bit, I guess. Uh, and yeah, sure. Which which one is really the better release uh, system? I'm I'm really starting to lean heavily towards um, week to week. Um, like there's like what uh, Community's doing. We're we're big fans of Community here. Um, they they're online now. I don't know if you guys uh, if anyone's paying attention to that, they moved from you know uh, cable television and now they're on with Yahoo. But there's they didn't do the Netflix style release episodes at the same time. They're mm-hmm. doing one every week on Tuesdays. Did they used to air on Tuesdays back in the day as well? Uh, they used to be Thursdays, mm-hmm. and then they got bumped to Friday. So I don't okay. know why they're Tuesday now, but whatever. Well, anyway, so they they do their Thursday show, uh, or Tuesday show, and uh, <laughs> I love it. I love that I can look forward to something on a Tuesday. I mean, yeah. there's already a lot of stuff on Tuesdays. The Flash um, is on Tuesdays. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Tuesdays, and now uh, Community. I have a lot of stuff to do Tuesdays, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's well worth it. It is kind of nice, like... This is gonna sound depending on on, your, on how you live your life, it might sound depressing, but uh, it's cool that you can split up your week with like Game of Thrones is on Sunday, also the Mortal Kombat comics on Sunday, and then this is all Tuesday, and then like you know if I have a day off on Wednesday, I can do certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then it's also pretty convenient to have Daredevil there anytime I need it. Yeah. I can see. I don't know. Uh, there's okay. There's pros. But I know and what cons. you mean in terms of the conversation mm-hmm. because in terms of Daredevil, like I have friends of ours that have watched all thirteen episodes, and I've only seen the first. And then there's just there is no conversation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, the conversation is how did you like the first episode? You Basically, know, yeah. And then they they've already forgotten at that point because yeah. it all kind of blends together. Yeah. I mean, I've only I've seen all but the last three of Daredevil. Because um, it, I, and aside here, I know this is a Game of Thrones podcast, but uh, Daredevil is freaking awesome. Um, and it only gets better as the season uh, continues, so I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that. Maybe we'll do um, a review uh, podcast of that. If that once, season review, yeah. Yeah, once that's all uh, wrapped up and you guys have all caught up. 
On our other show, let me make a plug here super quick before we get into the review. If you like our Game of Thrones uh, breakdowns, as you know, it's our most popular show on our uh, quote unquote network of two shows. Uh, listen to our other show, the Tower of Babel podcast. It should be right next to you there uh, in the iTunes feed. If you're in Stitcher, it should be there as well. Um, check out the website, towerbabblepodcast.com. That's where you'll find Daniel's reviews of uh, Game of Thrones episodes, um, where we post all of our podcasts. All of our, We do uh, a TOB interlude, which is in between, uh, which usually is a review or a, a very uh, succinct discussion about one particular topic. Um, and yeah, so yeah, again, TowerBabblePodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter, at TowerBabbleCast. Um, and so yeah, let's get into the review. Cool. Season 5, Episode 1, The Wars to Come, um, which is the probably the most straightforward title uh, a Game of Thrones like episode title has had for uh, a while. <laughs> um, there's literally no ambigu- ambiguity here. Um, like, for instance, yeah. next week's title is called, um, uh, game, what's, it, what's it called? Uh... The black, uh, the House of Black and White, which I'm, as a book reader, I'm sure that means something to you. It, yeah, it means something big, but but to me, I mean, that literally means nothing. I mean, <laughs> is it a house literally paint, painted with black and white paint? Because that's if you want to get literal, like this episode title is. <laughs> <laughs> I was... mean, you, you might be surprised. <laughs> it's it's more than just that, I guess. <laughs> Spoilers: the house is actually black and white. Um, but. Well, we'll mention there's there's no cold open. Um, a lot of, for a long time, Game of Thrones would have its season premiere and it would do a cold open, meaning it would not do its trademark um, uh, opening credit scene. Uh, it would start right with it right into the show, and then uh, after that first scene would go into the the what we all know is probably the best opening credits of any television show. Um, sure. Although Daredevil has a good one as well. I'll mention that. Yeah, it's not. Um, but yeah, no cold open, which I don't think they did last year either. Uh, so we're right into. I think the... it's because of how they're splitting the books up, because those are usually based on a. Uh, there's a prologue chapter, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like unconnected with everything else that's going on in the world. It's just kind of reminding you of other things that are happening that are kind of the yeah. you know the, the B or C stories, or not even like you don't. Like, yeah, in the fir- if you remember the very first episode, it's following a ranging party um, out beyond the wall, and none of those characters. Um, we ever, pretty much ever see again. I mean, I think we see the the one guy later in the gets, episode, and that's yeah, it. he gets beheaded. Yeah, yeah, and that's sort of like the the storyline that's on the back burner. That's like behind everything else, and you you almost forget about it with all yeah. this other crap going on. Exactly. So speaking of other crap going on, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. We start with a flashback, which I'm not sure is a first. I think I don't it, know if there's been. Flashbacks no, it is a first. Before. First flashback, and we're this is the first time we've also seen the Westerlands, which is where Castle Rock is. Uh, correct. Yep. Um, so we have a young Cersei and some other young girl. We don't. She's not named. Um, and they're I don't know. Probably what would you say like twelve years old, maybe ish. Something along those lines, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's out in the woods, and she's going to see some um, some seer, I guess. What, what would you? Oh, a woods witch. Ooh, I like that. Um, do you know her name? Do we know? Is there any backstory on this person, or is it just kind of like? I think I think you'll probably see her again okay. later on this season. I think there'll be more flashbacks. Okay. Interesting. So anyway, she goes to see her seer because she wants to see her future, right? Um, and I love how they they did the whole thing with uh, with Cer- even young Cersei is kind of uh, a bit of a bitch, um, <laughs> more than a bit. <laughs> yeah, but she can't. She's still young, so you can forgive her. But it turns out it doesn't change. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so she wants to see her future. She gets three questions, right? Um, so what uh, what does she tell her exactly? 
Well, Cersei fucks up. She does like the classic thing where she asks the same question twice by accident. Yeah. And you waste a wish. But um, <laughs> uh, she tells her that she will be queen, but she won't marry the prince. She will marry the king. There's a because at this point Cersei is promised to Prince Rhaegar, who dies, and then she marries Robert Baratheon. Right. Uh, and then she says she'll be queen for a while, but a younger, more beautiful person or will come and take her place. Mm. So that's that's kind of what how Cersei sees Marjorie at this point. Yeah, exactly. Which a usurper. Which does help paint her motivations as far as she's a had little, no yeah. this knowledge for a long, long time. I mean, anytime some like, you know, little slut kinda, in a dress comes around, <laughs> you know. I kinda feel like even without this prophecy, Cersei would still like treat Marjorie the same. Like she would still see it like that. But this is this is this is something that has been plaguing her her entire life, or yeah. the entire time she's been queen, right? And what's the last one? I think the last, the, her last wish is the most important one, I think. Uh, she asks if she and the king will have children, and the, I think the witch says no, the king will have 20 and she'll have three, but it's like none of them are together. Yeah, exactly. Um, most of those children the king has are dead, right? Um, well, we su- we're not sure exactly, yeah. but um, most of them were killed off, if you guys remember, I think season, was it season two? Or yeah. even the first, yeah, season two? Where um, all of um, I think that was episode one, season two, where the, yeah they just went kill, then just destroyed all the bastards. Yeah, uh, as many as many as they could. We know Gendry is one of them, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, I assume maybe there's more out there. We're not sure. Um, so uh, you know, it's interesting to see a flashback. I'm excited to see what they do with that technique moving forward. I think it's it it it's kind of unfortunate that they haven't used them before because it really allows you to give. Um, different characters really allow them to understand their motivations if you can understand mm-hmm. where they came from um, but you know this scene itself you know it's it, it's cool to see what Cersei's motivations are now or you know uh, what she's worried about or, and she's obviously super protective of her kids uh, for obvious reasons now um, but uh, the scene itself I mean I, we'll get into overalls um, at the end of the episode but I mean I felt this episode um, as a whole um, with Game of Thrones was a slightly uh, weaker than most yeah. especially as a season opener um, I don't know I feel like we've said that about a lot of the season openers though I, like, you know what we said that I think we said that last year I mean, you could probably go back and listen you found it's not that hard just go slide down the, the podcast <laughs> um, we probably did say that and I, there's probably a reason um, for that I mean out of necessity um, to catch people up exactly which, they again, have to kind of recap where everybody's at you know you shouldn't I feel like you shouldn't have to do that um, I think the onus should be on the uh, on the the viewer to understand where everyone was or is, and then not have to have the show waste time retreading uh, things that we we already saw. I mean, if you're watching this as if let's say once the show's finally done, right, you watch the whole thing as you know back to some sort of like you know twenty four like straight week hour. <laughs> <laughs> like you never, you didn't sleep for days. Watch the entire thing back to back to back. Um, the end of a season and the beginning of another season would feel like um, you're retreading a bunch of water. You know, it's kind of like what they used to do in old TV shows where you'd go to commercial break and then the it would return for commercial break and it would like play it like a bit of a scene of what happened right before you went to commercial break. You know? Yeah. Um, which is like you know you don't have to do that. That's not. You're wasting time. You only have 22 minutes. Especially because before the episode, there's a little blurb that's like previously on, and it, it already is catching people up yeah. and reminding them of stuff like Which that. Which people have complained about because it kind of can give away what is going to happen. A little in, bit, yeah. Uh, I mean, no, it doesn't give away because obviously it's not telling you what's happening, but it's going to tell you who's in the episode. I who's mean, involved. Yeah. And like, like, if, what to, like, like what to keep in your mind. You know, like yeah. nobody would have been thinking about Robert Baratheon and, and Lancel if they yeah. hadn't had that thing well, first, you know? Well, to be fair, whew, I'll tell you what. 
I wasn't thinking about it anyway because he looks completely different. <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, let's go to the next scene. Um, it, we might as well start. Well, what do we, have, we don't have to start with Lancel, but we'll start with um, present day. Mm-hmm. And we're at King's Landing at uh, the Sept of Baylor, uh, where we've seen several dead bodies in, over this season uh, in this Sept. Um, we see, we go straight from um, Cersei. Uh, finding out about the, this usurper, and then the next scene is her looking at Marjorie with the dinner of the old stink eye. Literally the next scene, so mm-hmm. which is you know it kind of you know it it, it leads you along there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, she enters the set to go see her dead father. We all know that uh, Tyrion uh, shot him. So now there's no speculation. There was speculation going into the season that because um, uh, the actor who plays uh, um, Tywin. Tywin would be Charles back. Dance. Yeah, Charles Dance, right. The great Charles Dance. Yeah, he's um, phenomenal. <laughs> would be back this season that he might have not have died. Um, but I think, again, it, the the flashbacks, I think, will play that uh, the role there. It's kind of weird. Like, he was credited in this episode, even though he was just, like, lying there, you know? Yeah, well, he was... But whatever. He was acting that. dead. He was doing a really good <laughs> job. Even though you notice they, like, you only see his dead body, like, a couple split seconds. And then, yeah. like, they'll do the shot of him with his with the rocks over his eyes. And then um, every time that there was a scene where it was Cersei talking with uh, her brother, uh, they would be, you wouldn't see his body hey, there. Cut out of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, because what are you going to do? Make him lie there? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, what do we learn um, in this uh, in this scene exactly? I, I guess like Cersei's reached a new level of paranoia. Jamie's trying to like you know get her on his side we gotta figure this out because it's just me and you now they don't have their father to look over and protect them and kind of plan their lives right and all she cares about is revenge on Tyrion she doesn't care about anybody else outside all those people that she walked by she just thinks are inferior to her and her family and like they aren't even on her radar you know like she doesn't like Marjorie, but she doesn't maybe she considers her a threat but not to the same extent as Tyrion you know that makes sense I mean she's yeah she's really obviously she's had a lot to deal with you give me listen no one likes Cersei right but my she, little sister does. My little sister loves her. Maybe for why? Why? I don't know. She just says she's a boss bitch and she loves her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, she. Uh, no one. Everyone except your sister like uh, doesn't like um, Cersei. But uh, I mean, she's gone through a lot, so you have to give her that, right? I mean, she just had her son uh, killed, um, mm-hmm. and then now her father by she thinks the same person. That uh, did both really, and even yeah. though she's in her like, if she was thinking clearly, she would probably know that Joffrey wasn't killed by Tyrion. But um, she's so already crazy that you know she doesn't. It doesn't matter anymore, you know. And she she obviously knows that Jamie let him out too. Yeah, uh, which yeah, is, they say that within the scene. Yeah, um, there's also it's important to note like with Cersei, um, she blames Tyrion for her mother's death as well. Like she's always mm-hmm. hated Tyrion for that. So like that that's another piece of it. And then also Tyrion sent her daughter Marcella to Dorne. So yes. she, she's down to just Tom and that's all she's got left. And it's all kind of because of Tyrion in her mind. Mm. Well, again, so yeah, so she really is very um, single focused on mm-hmm. revenge. And I don't know if you, if it's kind of a trope in a lot of things, but if you're single-mindedly focused on revenge, things don't usually turn out really well for you. Um, unless you're the Punisher, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but even then, he's pretty depressed. It, it, he, he has a shitty life, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is his his favorite revenge, or is he justice? Uh, it started with revenge, and then it became justice. <laughs> okay. Thin line, actually, most of the time. 
Um, with, with his type of justice, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we'll move on then. It Then there's kind of like a wake, uh, a funeral ceremony. And um, so when I when I put together the show, and it's just a little peek behind the curtain here, um, I like to use the um, Entertainment Weekly uh, recap that they do uh, for each episode. I find it's really well written. Uh, really get, helps me get some more insights. Um, and uh, James Hibbert, he's the guy who writes them uh, at EW, had a really interesting uh, way of looking at this scene that I really liked that I wanted to bring up was that you'll notice he says, quote, that um, this whole scene is done from her perspective as all the people that come up to her look, quote, as a suck-up, an idiot, or both, because that's how she sees everybody, regardless of the fact that she, it's, you know, the setting. Um, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really cool way of looking at it. It's it's all from her perspective. Um, and uh, so really the only important part here uh, is that uh, we see her cousin Lancel um, show up, uh, and he's a little different <laughs> than the last time we saw him uh, with his golden locks uh, all <laughs> chopped off. How? Uh, what, 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 what's the takeaway here, Dan? Uh, well, it's that Lancel is a uh, newfound piety. He's, he's kind of trying to atone for the past so he feels guilty about sleeping with her first of all but also about you know com- being complicit in murdering the king so robert yeah so baratheon. we like rewind here for a second so lancel how did what happened with robert baratheon how was lancel involved give us a okay so here. uh lancel was a cupbearer for robert baratheon and, and a squire so um while they were on the hunt he was charged like cersei basically told him to keep bringing robert this specific wine got him really really drunk yeah. and then the boar killed him like that was their plan to have robert killed in a way that nobody would suspect him yeah. yeah yeah exactly so he did that because cersei basically forced him to do it and and then he, she was kind of i don't know if it was really rewarding him or not but she was sleeping with him just because i guess <laughs> because why not right yeah incest yay <laughs> closest thing that she, he's the closest thing to jamie that was there at the time right okay so now we see him again. He's a little bit. He looks different. He's all his bald head. He's kind of everyone. I've every time I read about this stuff, they says he's joined like a cult, quote unquote. Yes. Um, is would sure. you say that's a, a cult? They're called the what? Uh, they're called the Poor Fellows, mm-hmm. uh, and most like more commonly known as just like the Sparrows. Mm-hmm. Like, if you see them walking around, um, they're sort of just like uh, a super conservative religious group. But they're all like they're they're for the seven, so they're not necessarily a cult. Like this is this is kind of just back to basics for yeah. the, the faith of the seven. Um, and they've kind of always been around, but at this point in the show, their numbers are growing like exponentially. They're, there's there's going to be a ton of them. Okay. Interesting. Because they because everyone's looking at the the crown as being corrupted, as, you know, the so, land is yeah. just a family of incest and all this crap that's happening in the, the realm is in chaos and it's all because of all like people that are straying from the, the path of the seven. Yeah, so they're looking for um, guidance elsewhere kind of you know they're, yeah. they're seeing all this chaos surrounding them and they, they you know they see the this quote-unquote cult as a um uh like a pillar of stability that they can rely on i guess um i like how when you first see lancel though um the, uh, cersei literally says his full name out loud and calls him her cousin just so everyone's <laughs> everyone knows that what's going on because yeah, like if change because if literally he just walked up you'd be like who the hell is this guy it's a new, <laughs> it's a new uh, another new character that we should care about no so which i mean that happens before. all the time in this show anyways people are already <laughs> sick of it um so but i thought that was good um but i mean necessary i suppose i was confused because i had no memory recollection of that um because it's been you know how many seasons since we last saw him he was in the first season <laughs> 
I think so. he he was in the second as well when Tyrion got to King's Landing. Mm-hmm. He was using him. Um, okay. And then so, yeah, yeah, he was injured on the Blackwater. That's why he's been gone. Okay, interesting. Um, anything else to take away from the uh, the scene in uh, the wake? Um, I I don't know. Just that Cersei sort of dismisses him, but you can you can see like behind her veil that that's a that's a very you know potent threat because she knows. Because he knows everything, yeah, yeah, and he exactly. could just ruin everything for her. Especially someone, who, yeah, exactly. If he's and like he has committed to redemption, you know, exactly. then, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we find him dead. Not, <laughs> not long <from laughs> that's now. usually how this works. Um, so we move on a little bit more. So then we're in uh, Loras, uh, Loras's chambers, um, and this is a. Um, if, Everyone was paying attention. This is actually a sex position scene. It's just not the typical kind that mm. you get um, uh, other. T- uh, in the show where it's usually naked women. It's naked dudes in this one. Um, and, a dude button in this episode. Yep, yeah, there is actually. Um, and the, the guy at uh, EW again made a comment about how um, the longer an actor seems to be on a show, the less naked they uh, they get uh, typically because they get more power as an actor and they don't all of a sudden have, they don't feel like they need to take off their clothes as often. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is, you know, um, makes sense, I guess. Uh, but it's just kind of, um, it's a funny way to look at it. Like you don't see um, Danny naked as much as you used to um yeah she's all covered up in that scene yeah later on uh but we'll get to that um so uh we're in loris's chambers and we find out that um because of uh the death of um the names tywin Tywin. Tywin. okay because of the death of tywin he's no longer uh betrothed to uh cersei well, I think he. I think he still is betrothed, but he knows that both he and Cersei don't want it, and now Cersei has a bit more power. She just will, you know, get rid of it. Yeah. Um. It doesn't have to happen anymore. They neither mm-hmm. of them wanted to do that, right? Okay, yeah. Fair. Um. That's pretty much all we learn here. Uh. We also learn that uh, Marjorie is, you know, kind of a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> um. But other than that, um, it's an interesting scene. It's well acted. Um. But you know, not much going on there. Other than all that, that happens, little yeah. bit of. of he says that Cersei will still be at King's Landing, and Marjorie just kind of shrugs and says, "Maybe." Mm, so and it's a little bit of foreshadowing, or like you know, like she has plans. Yeah, she always has plans. I don't know if you, if you, you know, Marjorie is not. You as, have to if you're in King's Landing. Yeah, she's not a dumb girl. Um, she ha- she she knows that the longer that Cersei's around, the more that she's like a throne in her, or a, a throne a thorn in her side. Um, so a throne in her game. No, that makes what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they you know they haven't said the gate. They haven't said those words since that first that one episode in the first season. The Game of Thrones. Yeah, was that it? Was that Tyrion yeah, well, quote? I think. I don't think so. You, yeah, when you play no, it's a Cersei quote. She said, yeah. "When you play the Game of, of Thrones, you live or you die." It's mm. a good one. Or you win or you die. Sorry. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, we'll move on from uh, the Laura scene. Um, Again, there's just it's a lot, a lot of there's a lot of boring stuff going on in this episode. I like that <laughs> that one specifically. I feel like was unneeded. Well, also I mean, out of place. Like I don't know, was that like right after the wake? He just went off to bang that dude, and then where was he supposed to go after that? That he had to meet Cersei. Well, it's not like I he feel was, like it should have come before the wake if he was supposed to meet her. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I don't maybe yeah maybe that that scene was supposed to be in a different spot, but they put it there because of um, like it maybe flowed better with the episode. Uh, yeah. And he re-edited it, but who knows? Um, then we head uh, over across the narrow sea. We head over to Pentos. 
I like saying that word, Pentos. Pentos. <laughs> um, where we have Varys uh, and Pax Tyrion from the crate that we see him going into at the end of the last season. I like kind of like the camera shot where he's... Uh, they kind just of looking sh- out the eye hole? Yeah, out the eye hole, showing kind of like the transition through the off the boat, off you know, on the boat, off the boat, down the street, and then finally up to like where the palace or whatever he is. The, the villa. Yeah. Um, but then uh, he gets out of the uh, the box and we find out he's having a big pity party. Um, and actually, this is one of the you know the first of a couple pity parties that's happening in this episode. Um, uh, a self pity party, I guess. Um, he's not. Uh, he you know he's like pretty much disillusioned with everything. He doesn't care. You know he's like you know he's not in Westeros anymore. So why should he care about anything? He, as soon as he gets out of the box, he talks about. They start talking about uh, shit, and then. Um, and then starts drinking wine and then throws up. Um, the scene itself, not not as awesome as most Tyrion scenes are, um, but the one later on um, makes up for it. So, um, interesting change up in the dynamic, though. This is what, okay, so I wrote, I wrote this down because I wanted to mention this. The scene is cool because it's, it's, it's a change in the dynamic that these two characters normally have, which is very much like two very strong-willed, intelligent characters um, uh, kind of butting heads. And not even so much butting heads, but... Uh, like playing off each other, and then never fully trusting each other, yeah. and trying to you know always trying to figure out what's going on behind this the the veil. Where this now, if you have uh, Varys with, who is from uh, Essos, right, mm-hmm. has more is 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 used to that place and area, um, has been there before, and how he pretty much has all the power here, and Tyrion has none of it. Um, so that's a bit of a change, but I think. Uh, Varys's position, and we find out late, a little bit later about how he has a very much um, idealistic view of um, of what he wants for um, Westeros um, and how he's going to do it. I really so um, we'll skip ahead to like what we see a little bit later. Sure. Uh, they come yeah. back where we find out that um, the plan to get um, Targaryens back on the throne has been um, set in motion a long time ago, and he was a part of it um, that plan. Right. Yeah. Um, he was part of uh, like in uh, season one, episode one, when you first meet Daenerys, the guy that she's with, Magister Illyrio, is that's that's the villa that they're staying in right now. Mm. That's his associate. So the, the entire time, Varys has been dealing with him, like behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. The master of whispers, right? Mm. So um, he thinks that uh, the pers- the right person to put on the throne is Daenerys in this case, uh, the last Targaryen. She's got the right name. He says, "What well, she has the right name, the um, the will, and the means, I guess, kind of to do it." Yeah, stronger than Tommen, but not as strict as Stannis. Yeah, something like that. Um, and this is one of the first, like, uh, the guy uh, guy at EW again mentions this. The one of the first times you see, like, a, you have that idyllic view of the future, uh, where he says a quote, "Where a land where the powerful do not prey on the powerless." And you know, Kateria has a great quote about how like they will always prey on the powerless. You know, that's how that's they how became they, powerful. That's exactly. Um, but that that scene, not the first one where he gets out of the box. That one, you know, whatever, throw that away. The scene where they're talking about, you know, why would you? Why do you care about me? Why do you even, you know? Why do you want me around at all? You know, mm-hmm. um, that scene is great. Where we not only do we learn more about what's happened, you know, get a little bit more information about what's happened in the past, but we also find out that Varys he does care about Tyrion, and he wants him to be a part of the this larger plan, this uh, to uh, you know get Danny onto the uh, onto the throne, and it looks like um, Tyrion's you know at least willing to go along for the ride. Willing to listen, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that more characters that converge, which or we had a lot at the end of last season. So as we get more converging um, storylines, means we can stick in one place a little bit longer. And we it, you know like we had um, we're at the wall. We're not jumping around the wall all the time. It's just at you know uh, Castle Black, right? That we had later on. Yeah, there's um, nobody north of the wall. So Bran. Yeah, but we're not seeing no Bran this season. By yeah, the way. yeah, thank God. <laughs> but next time we see him, he's gonna look so much older. Like he already looks a lot older. Yeah, like in the, but he's gonna look. I mean, maybe they'll have a story explanation for it this time, you know. But he's gonna look a lot older next time we see him. Um. So anything else that uh, we can uh, take away from the the Varys and uh, Tyrion scenes? I just love that Varys is still in the show, <laughs> and that he's with Tyrion. Yeah, I mean, that, that like like you said, like we love that dynamic. They play very well together. And like those are always some of the best scenes. Those ones and like the or the various little finger scenes that we used to get, right? Yeah. Those are the, the scenes that kind of uh, set the stage for the show and like really like uh, <clears throat> put you into that universe. And they like they literally use quotes from Varys and Littlefinger and Tyrion in the trailers, usually in conversations oh, yeah. with each other. I mean, I remember specifically the season three trailer um, where Varys is telling that story about the the knight, the uh, the three. Um, you know the you know what I'm talking about. You have a, a cell, a cell sword, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a king, and uh, some. I don't remember what and it was a exactly. Holy man, yeah. Um, and anyway, that that scene alone is freaking awesome. And that was just the trailer, and like that mm. that's constant. There's a reason that people like these characters because they're not only are they well acted, they're well well written. Um. Okay, so let's move on from there. Then we go on into uh, Marine. We're still in, in uh, Essos, where we start with. To what is to me a waste of CGI budget? Watching a um, little bit, yeah, yeah. Watching the harpy being torn down, torn down from the uh, the top of the pyramid. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's not like a really intensive, you know, CGI budget scene. It just seems unnecessary. I mean, I don't even know what the purpose of seeing that was. It's at just all. A, like a symbolic victory sort of thing. Yeah, but that they've been there for so long. <laughs> like, why? Why wait? Not in Marine. Now? They haven't been in Marine very long. Yeah, they have. They've been there for like all last season. They've been in Marines for almost an entire season and uh, a half. Now. I don't know about that. Well, not a, well. They got there halfway through last season, right? Either way, we'll keep going. I don't know. I think it was like episode eight, but no, 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 no. Uh, maybe yeah, because they were in you, you and Kai before that and stuff. Mm, yeah. Well, anyway, they all kind of blend together. Um, it looked cool. I'll say that seeing the Harvey fall down was cool. Um, didn't they just have some sort of meta like? Uh, metaphor here for anything, or is it just something that looked cool? Well, it, it's it symbolizes like the harpy is, is is you know how in Westeros everyone has sigils. Yeah, the harpy is the is the symbol of of the great masters, and so they're the slave slave masters. Mm, okay, so she's taking over. She's you know it's like taking down the enemy's flag. Okay, fair enough. Um, then we see an unsullied that happens to look a lot like Grey Worm. Um, just he's not Grey Worm, but his name is White Rat. Mm, okay, his name is White Rat. <laughs> <laughs> color and animal that's that's, that, that's how all the insulators are named are they actually yeah and they're always named like worm or rat or or like louse sort of, or something like yeah, that like some, some sort, sort of like pest or you mm-hmm. know unimportant animal okay um anyway uh he's going to a brothel which we all know that the unsullied are um what's the eunuchs eunuchs thank you um so it, that alone is kind of weird but then we see why you know he's looking for comfort right uh, and then, of course, as soon as he has a smile on his fa- face, his um, throat is slit by what exactly or who? Uh, it's a dude in the mask. Later on, when when they 
bring the mask to Daenerys, the group that claim responsibility is called the Sons of the Harpy. Mm. They're, so, there's a, they're, they're loyalists to that, like that Harpy thing that was just pulled yeah. down. They're, okay. So they're, they're, they're pissed off that Danny's taken over and is trying to change things up, right? So they're going, they're kind of like terrorizing uh, the, you know, the Unsullied the, or anybody in the yeah. city. Yeah. Um, which leads to Danny putting, um, what, Unsullied on patrol through the city? Uh, yeah, well, what she did was she decided to have the uh, White Rat's body, you know, a public burial in the, I can't remember what she said, but whatever, like, their holy place is for, for them. So it's like a, a slap in the face, and it'll hopefully bring more of them out. Okay, yeah, so it's kind of like setting setting a setting a trap, kind of, but not really, because you don't really have a plan. You're just going to yeah, just see antagonize, what happens. <laughs> antagonize them more. Um, then we have a scene where um, Masende uh, asks um, Grey Worm why an Unsullied would even go to a brothel. This is a weird. This is a kind of a weird little scene here. Um, mm-hmm. We know that they kind of have like a little budding relationship, um, which I have no. Like, I don't care at all about that. No, but... right, and a lot of people don't. But some, I, mean, I guess, some person must, right? It's um, it's sort of to make them more actual characters because they are very. A Grey Worm without that is pretty much just an unsullied. He's pretty one-dimensional, and he wouldn't they, like he wouldn't need to be there really. All right, so yeah, you need care, add some characterization, give them a relationship. Cool. Um, so he asked her why she would even why an unsullied would even go to a brothel, and he's like, ah, he's like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But you think that like maybe in the back of his head he knows, you know? Yeah, well. Maybe. It seems like he hesitates for a decent. Like he I, takes a pregnant pause there. I think he thinks about it, and I think he honestly. Truly is, you know, um, in, I don't know what the word is here, but uh, he's conflicted. He might have an idea of why, but at the same yeah. time, he kind of doesn't understand. At this, you know, it's it's hard to read into it because he's very, um, you know, emotionless. They have the I think, like, out of the Unsullied, he's sport, like, one of the reasons that he became one of the leaders is he's a bit more humanized than the other Unsullied. Yeah. And last season, like he started not making, not really making his own decisions, but like some sort of creative thinking. Like he advised yeah. Daenerys instead of just listening. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm, this is obviously going to continue. So we have to get used to it. Um, yeah. This Masende thing. Um, what else happened here? Oh, uh, we had a guy um, who was trying to convince Danny to uh, reopen the uh, fighting pits, which is essentially, I guess, the um, like the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Um, Gladiators. His star Zolarak, I think his name is. I'm not he was sure. in last season. Okay, was he? Is he like um, a guy who's like close to the to the old order kind of thing? Sort of like last season when they took Marine and then she had all of the the wise masters crucified along the road. Yeah, he his father was one of the ones who got crucified, so he came and paid for his father's body so he could bury him. Remember? Yes. And so he he essentially is operating as the the, the liaison between mm, the, the old between. and the new. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and then we move on to that scene we talked about earlier with Danny um, in the bed with uh, Dario. Covered. Dario's naked. Yeah. Um, and she and he's saying that he should listen to him and should reopen the slave pits as a sign of um, uh, appreciating their culture or something like along those lines. Um, yeah. And then gave a cool backstory about uh, how he was a gladiator and won his freedom, kind of like Gannicus, if you watch Spartacus. Um, exactly like Gannicus. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, I mean, not exactly because he's not Roman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's I. That backstory would make um, a good show on its own. I think that'd be a cool, like, side story to explore. 
Um, like the whole, you could explore a lot more about Essos and what's going on there before Danny gets there. Yeah. And um, it would be a lot of a, it would pretty much be a rip off of Spartacus, um, though. <laughs> but, but without the slave uprising. <laughs> yeah. yeah <I laughs> it would just be a gladiator show where people yeah. die. Exactly. Um, Daniel, don't spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> Um anything else um to take away from uh from the stuff with Danny here um uh, I would the only thing I would like to say is like um she's struggling with how to rule and she's kind of uh you know conflicted in herself right she doesn't know which way to turn and you can kind of see that like like she doesn't she can't really control her dragons either she's right. conflicted and so she's she's not you know at at P, or at, at one or as one yeah and the dragons don't trust her either. She's, she's not as um, like she used, she used to be so confident in her in her motivations and her decisions, and now she's kind of wavering. And yeah, now she's second guessing herself. Yeah, Self doubt. Um, okay. You know, like a what she what does uh, uh, Dario say? Uh, a dragon queen without dragons isn't isn't a queen. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so we go and see. We found out. We find out that uh, Drogon is missing. Uh, Drogon being the largest of her dragons, um, the one that has like the most uh, the most willful, I guess, yeah. of the dragons, missing. Don't know where. Um, and uh, you know, she's like, well, you said she could be halfway across the world by now, uh, is what she says. Um, so she goes to get her uh, go get her other dragons, which we she locked up last uh, last season. Um, and surprise, surprise, they're not really happy about it. Um, I mean, anyone, I think anyone could see that coming. I had someone ask, like, oh, but why don't her dragons like her? I literally had someone say that to me. And I was like, well, <laughs> she locked them up. You know, yeah. they're not going to they're not gonna like that. It's like a caged dog, you know? Um, so that, Like, even more so, dragons need to be free, yeah. I mean, they easily could have killed her, but they didn't. So that's a good sign, right? I guess. But, they, yeah, they're, they're just, like, kind of lashing out. They're big. They're a lot bigger, we've noticed. Um they keep getting bigger every season. I mean, obviously, right? Because they're growing. But uh, I was just like, I remember seeing that. We talked about this before. That one concept art of uh, of how big dragons can get, and like yeah. the size of like a person like riding it is like a speck on the back of this massive like. It's like the size of like ten elephants. Some of them are ridiculous. Some of that concept art, like the person couldn't sit there. Like they couldn't get their legs anywhere. They would have to. Like... <laughs> They'll have to have like a little saddle on the. Yeah, and some of them do have saddles too. It's crazy. But. Um, um, but what they say about dragons is that uh, they will grow as large as they can. Like, if they are in an open space, they'll just keep growing. If they're confined, they won't. Yeah. And that's um, what happened to the old dragons in King's Landing. That's why they had, like, little tiny dragon bones? Yeah, because they were all locked up, and then they just stopped growing. Okay. Well, um, let's hope that these ones can get out at some point. Um, I hope for Danny's sake that she can kind of gain some control back. I mean... Yeah, this is a setup episode, right? So we have... We set start with Danny, and she's kind of, like not doing so well and she's not sure what she's doing and her dragons aren't listening to her and you know if any i mean a conventional show would have her you know rebuild her self-confidence the, dra the dragons would come back yada 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 end of the season new new high right not a conventional show so who knows what will happen but that's yeah. like the typical arc there right um that scene with the dragons though is pretty cool um that is a cool. That is a good use of CGI. Anytime the dragons are on screen is a good. use And they of didn't CGI. have to use that much CGI because it was all dark, right? They yeah. just had to use little bits in here. It was and there. very. It was. Uh, it was actually really cool the way they shot it uh, mm -hmm. with uh, in the darkness and, and then the way like how things like lit up with the the, the dragon fire and stuff. Um. Anything else going on in uh, Marine? Uh, I think that 
pretty I much mean, covers that. I mean, everybody kind of knew, but now there's ex- they've explicitly said that Danny's sleeping with uh, what's his face, Dario. It was always hinted at, and like you pretty much knew, but now it's for sure. Oh no! But now what? It's like public knowledge. Is there a Facebook? No, like official? now, like as far as as far <laughs> as like uh, viewers are concerned, it's for sure, for sure. Oh, oh okay. No, I thought they slept. With, have they not slept with each other before? I don't think they showed anything I'm though. Like they... almost positive they have, but again, it's been a while since the last season. I'm pretty sure they have. I feel like well, I've they... seen Dario's butt before. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, they have been, but they never. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. They, they never explicitly said that they are. It was okay. always kind of like hinted at, and then it would cut away. So you're like, did they did, or did they not? You know? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was. It was pretty. It was pretty straightforward in my. And maybe that's why I think that they they shown it because I. It was. It wasn't really ever a question in my mind that they weren't. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so then we can move over into the veil and these. Okay, you got to help me out here, man. I was so <laughs> confused. I have no idea what's going on. Um. So. We have a scene with um, uh, Aaron mm-hmm. and uh, Sansa and Littlefinger, and explain to me what's going on here. Just explain everything because I'm just I literally my if you look on the show notes, there's like five bullets. Yeah, I can see that. And I like I'm like what's I, it literally the last one saying what's happening here with an exclamation mark at the end and a tarot bang. <laughs> so uh, tell me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Robin Aaron is training and not doing very well. He's always been a sickly little boy. Um, I suppose what's happening here is that they've come down from the Erie, right? Uh, so Littlefinger and Sansa have uh, are dropping Robin Aaron off with the, that older man. There is uh, Jan Royce, Bronze Jan Royce. Okay, and he's also, or I believe so. Yeah. Either way, he's supposed to be, or was one of the greater fighters in in uh, the Seven Kingdoms in his prime. So I guess they're dropping him there. He's going to train him up, and I have I don't I don't know where they're going. I don't know. So they're just going somewhere. Mind you, like they go all over the Vale. Like they have to visit other lords and ladies and stuff like that. That's true. And um, and Littlefinger does apparently have the ability to teleport around Westeros. So um, you know, it probably won't take them very long to get anywhere. (laughs) We've talked about that before. How um, you know, travel time seems to differ depending on story uh, necessities. Yeah. I'm oh, not sure he, where they're headed, but he, yeah. they did say that they're going west. So okay, so it doesn't mean in, much. But the Erie's in the east. Yes. So anywhere, any pretty yeah, much they can like, go anywhere but west <laughs> or north, I guess. But it, it does sort of mean that they're leaving the Vale. Okay. If they're heading far enough, like west. Um, and we still know that Sansa is. So do people know that she's Sansa? Uh, not everybody does, but Royce does. There, that okay. old man does. So, and they're trying to protect... So, the, the goal here is still to protect Sansa, keep her alive. Yeah. Right? Okay. And that's what I think Littlefinger has a line where he says, um, he's taking her somewhere where Cersei will never be able to get her hands on her. Hmm. Hmm. Could that, where could that be? <laughs> I literally have no idea. Where, where could that be? <laughs> I mean, tons of places. I don't think Cersei even cares about Sansa anymore. No, I don't think she even... She probably thinks she's dead. Yeah. So, um, and we have a little scene with uh, Brienne... And Podrick, oh, I love Podrick. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, and you know about like what do you, what you're not even a squire because I'm not even a knight. Now she's ha- okay. This is the second pity party we have going on. Uh, is uh, Brienne is having a pity party over not being able to um, get uh, Arya or get? I don't know if the word get is right. You know, bring her back. Yeah, retrieve. Um, he's like, oh, she doesn't want my help. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I don't, fine, fine. I don't know. Fine. Everyone's dead. I don't care. I don't care. I don't, I don't even. Yeah, know she's doing a pretty shitty job of keeping her word to <laughs> um, to everybody. Yeah, no kidding. Um, 
I mean, I, it was weird. They did one of those those things in the show that really bugged me, and like they do in Star Wars, which bugs me a lot too, where you have like, like why are they just happen? They just happen to be next to the the road where Sansa and uh, well, it makes sense because they were on their way to the Eerie last season, so they were on their way like that. That road was leading to the Bloody Gate, which leads to the Eerie. And so, well, that's that's important to note too, then, because that means Sansa and Littlefinger have exited the Bloody Gate, so they're they're still in the Vale, but they're heading out of it. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that makes. I guess that makes. Again, it just bugs me. It's like one of those. What? What happened? Did oh, my cat just freaked out for no reason? <laughs> um, it's one of those things where it's like this world is so big, but yet people are like always like right next to each other somehow. Um, yeah. And Star kind of Wars. Like- Star Wars is really bad for that. Right? It's like you have an entire galaxy. But people like literally run into each other, like it's a small town, um, yeah. and that that's always kind of been like. There's got to be other people. There's more than just these ten people in the universe, <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, we can go over to Castle Black. I always like I always like going to the wall. I feel like they go, use the wall as like the last thing in a lot of episodes, you know. Yeah. Um, right and, now, it's kind of one of those big story arcs that everyone really cares about. That's why they're doing that. Yeah. So we have um, John teaching someone. I can't remember that kid. I think maybe Owen or some bullshit. That, was, that, that kid. was the kid that saw his parents murdered by the. That was the wildlife. kid who killed Egrid. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. And then we have uh, Melisandre being super creepy as usual. Um, tells John that she need that Stannis wants to talk to her, and um, of course he just happens to be standing at the top of the wall because why not? It looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the most um, majestic thing you can do. I'm not gonna complain. Any shots from the top of the wall are always super cool. Um, so of course instead of having this meeting in um, the castle where in a room, yeah, you know, we'll sit down and have it. Um, they're at the top of the wall, just standing there. Um, uh, having the, so what does Stannis say? Stannis tells him, John, that he needs to convince um, Mance Raider, who, if you don't remember from last season, had brought together all the uh, the the wildling clans together yeah. um, to take on the wall and get past, so they don't on, they're not on that side when winter comes because everyone knows winter is coming. Um, so. <laughs> kind of Stannis being Stannis you know he does um, his thing oh you have till um, the end of the day it's like what are you trying it's like it's like telling him at lunchtime <laughs> that you have until uh, you have till five o'clock yeah yeah like to get your uh, to, you know to pack your boxes like what do you like so a little, little rough um, on his part I think um, Stannis has always been like that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, normally he's moping around his his little um, his dragon table uh, he's usually the one having a pity party Typically. That's true. Yeah, um, but he's not this time. Um, so he, that actually leads to a really great scene where John is talking with Mance. This is probably my actually not probably is definitely my favorite scene of the episode. Um, yeah, we always talk I'm... about what our favorite what favorite scenes are. Usually a really good dialogue scene, well acted, uh, with like some weight to it. Um, this is that into a T, and really um, to me, absolutely the best uh, scene in the episode. Um, so Mance, um, Mance is kind of having a pity party where he, uh, he gets a lot of. There's a lot of self pity in this episode. It, it, well, he's he's done. Like he he lost his his army. He lost his war. Yeah. He failed his people. Like you can kind of understand that one. So where are the are the wildlings still on the north? Or hanging out north of the wall? Just I don't remember what happened last. Yeah, I think so. They all, must are, they, are they captured or they're just hanging out of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're captured. They're kind of like I guess fenced in in the books. That's what they do anyways. They okay. build these kind of like. 
fences. Okay, so they, have, they don't show us, but we assume they're, they're just kind of over there. Yeah. Um, he tells... Um, uh, okay, so here's the thing. Stannis tells Jon that if he convinces Mance to uh, bring the wildlings on board to Stannis' army, yeah. tell him to come over to bend a knee, right, to say, you know, to him, that... Um, and just Mance has to bend the knee. Yeah, only Mance does. That he'll pardon all the wildlings... And make them give them land south of the wall, um, and allow them to stay. Which and it, have a giant army. That's a re- that's a pretty darn good deal. I think. I and think that's a really good deal. Actually, it's a great deal, and it's also something that that's essentially what Mance wanted. He wanted his people on that side of the wall. Like yeah. it's it, it would be a win win for everybody, except that he has to kneel. That's like the only thing. Yeah, and he's like, and and then so John calls him on it. Well, and first of all, okay, can I just mention that the conversation? I don't know if uh, Mance was like told about the offer earlier or what but john never mentions the fact that you know this whole like hey by the way all your people are pardoned and they get exactly what they wanted uh, part of it right i found that weird <laughs> because like, yeah. i feel like that's a really good yeah, like he's kind of like a blue chip screwed up as a negotiator <laughs> um but anyway that's not maybe he already knew about the offer and then it was john's uh, duty to go convince him i don't know they didn't they don't show that that's not what's important what's important mm-hmm. is he calls him on the fact that he's just being um uh, like proud, yeah, and you know, like you're you're too proud, you're too of uh, you know to do this one small thing to save all these people that you care about, and and um, I mean the scene itself is is really good, like the lighting's cool and the the acting's great. I mean John John always has a lot of good scenes, and this he has a really he has a really good. In my, if I was Mance, I'd been convinced, and especially <laughs> that like he tells him like he's gonna burn you alive, and he's like you can tell Mance yeah he, he skips like, a beat there he's kind of like ooh. You know, bad that's way to go. <laughs> um, and because you really think about it, that is a really bad that's way to go. That's one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. Um, are the cops coming to get you there, Dan? Or? It's always loud on the street. <laughs> um, anyway, so what else What else do we get here? Um, oh, it's just, it's cool. Like, the the Mance and John dynamic, we got a little bit last season, but not not nearly enough. Uh, I feel like they really underused Mance yeah, in the show. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, spoilers wait, spoilers for the next scene for the next uh, <laughs> um but yeah okay so he's unable to convince him although at one point you're not sure you think maybe he'll he'll kind of agree um at the last moment though he says you know good luck in the wars to come Ooh, they said the title of the episode yeah and then um when they actually like thing is though okay so melisandre gets to do her favorite thing and light people on fire um and He's up there on the stake or whatever, and the fear, like the palpable fear on Mance's face, is mm-hmm. is like very unsettling to me. Um, and not to mention you have um, Stannis's wife like doing that, man, doing that weird thing where she's all giddy about when people get burned alive, where she like really thinks it's like the coolest thing ever. Um, like she's found like, religion, yeah, yeah. Remember because she was like, also remember that the first time we saw like those people being burned alive, that was like beginning of season three, I think the first episode i think it might be the yeah. first scene um and she's there too um looking like a crazy person uh, also kind of uh that's not really important at all but there's a little bit of information about that scene in season three that was her uncle that was being burned oh so, so yeah, she's she, pretty she, crazy yeah right and we we already kind of knew that she was not kind of but definitely absolutely crazy um it's her daughter that's the only one you know, still have some hope uh we still have some hope for her um yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, okay. So where does this leave us? And then, and obviously, ends the episode with John. 
he kind of um, he shoots him in the heart with an arrow. Yeah, right? mercy killing. Mercy kill. He doesn't want to see him burn. He doesn't want to see someone screaming, right? Especially someone he respects, right? These yeah. are three men who respect each other, but are too pr- like, well, I guess John maybe not so proud, but definitely Stannis and Mance are who are very have a lot of pride in themselves and, and who they are to... Or just, uh, like, what they stand for, right? They have yeah. conviction and, yeah. and they but, can't budge. And, and yeah, I think that's... Actually, this has been a, a, a kind of a running theme throughout the, the entire series or people who aren't willing to, um, to bend at all, you know, mm-hmm. for the greater good and then, you know, usually ends, doesn't end well for them. Um, so you have... Uh, Mance is dead. Uh, I don't know if John's going to face any reca- repercussions for that kill uh, for killing him. I imagine not. Probably not. <laughs> um, but uh, we have Stannis now at the wall, uh, fully in with uh, at Castle Black. Uh, mm-hmm. But now he says he needs a bigger army. I thought he already had a pretty big army. Um, it's the small out of all the the kings in the War of Five Kings. Stannis had the smallest army even- until he took uh, Renly's army. Yeah. But I think he lost a lot of that on the Blackwater. He did. I think most of it. And then so. some of them left him, didn't they? Some of them. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so. I'm not sure. So the plan here is we find out John knows that Roos is in um, Winterfell. Also, in the, yeah, in the uh, opening credits, Winterfell is no longer burning and it has the, the Flayed Man sigil on it instead of the Direwolf. Hmm. Okay. I. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't pick up on that. I don't. I wasn't really paying super paying attention there. I was like writing a tweet or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, so okay, uh, that's important to note. Um, and re- actually, that is really cool. I like. I like those. Small yeah, changes. A little tidbit. Was there anything else in the opening credits? This is a little late to talk about it. Was there anything else that I should have noticed? Um, no, I think I don't think there were any new. Like Pentos, I guess, is sort of new, but I'm pretty sure they've done that before. Yeah, they do that at the like, beginning. They do like the up. They like. Um, the little magnifying glasses go flink, 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 and it goes yeah. over to the um, SOS and goes, and then it gets closer, and then like upside down, it kind of does like this weird like backwards look at yeah. uh, the like Slaver's Bay. Um, is Pentos on Slaver's Bay? It's not, no, right? Not even close. It's on the Narrow Sea. Mm, okay, um, which is isn't Slaver's Bay on the Narrow no. Sea? Slaver's Bay is like halfway across Essos still. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, I don't. Is, this episode, I think we can now talk about it as a whole. Um, sure. Pretty boring, mostly. Um, I'd like maybe rewatch it, <coughs> just because I feel like I feel like I really didn't like it, and it, maybe that's not fair. So I should maybe just to give it a, like a, a fair shake, give it another give it another watch. Um, what do you What did you think overall? It's hard, like as a book reader, right? Like I understand some of why, like the reasons why they're saying stuff up. So I'm willing to forgive. Like it was okay. It wasn't the best episode by any means, but I can definitely see as someone who's just been watching the show how you would be bored how you would just be like okay cool what like also like with Mance like I was saying they didn't really set him up as a character like he wasn't as substantial a character so killing him off like that it, it didn't, didn't really as much, mean as much right it didn't have as much depth to it that could have been a big like because he's a huge part of the books and like he means a lot to John they they, they I wish they had had more scenes together to really yeah. like show off that dynamic and how John like almost agrees with everything Mance says and but he can't because he's already made, had his vows you know like there's a a cool piece that they we missed out on because you know time constrictions. Yeah. Um, so, like that big thing at the end, it's not even really a cliffhanger or anything. It's just like, oh, now they killed off the guy that they said they were going to kill off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, that's how you end it. You know, fair. But uh, I don't know. Uh, 
Hey, and you're right. I think we have said this before about other other season openers. So you know, in episode two usually does a good job of like really amping up the up the pace. I mean, we didn't see Arya and we didn't see Bran. Those are the only two. Bran, we're not seeing it all this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to mention that all season long. We usually go through who's not who's not around. Um, but uh, I like I think seeing what Arya's up to will be. But you also didn't see uh, Theon. Yeah, well, that's right. Theon or anything that uh, the Boltons are doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough to say, really. It's one of those things. I, I guess I can see why they want to do that catch up, but there's a, a, a few seasons here for like the the Brienne stuff. We didn't need that, you know. No, I I'm mean, not sure what I would replace it with because it was pretty short. But like, you yeah. don't need to have us be like, oh yeah, remember Brienne and Pod are still together over here. Like, if if you're gonna give her a scene, I want it to be more substantial. I want her to actually do something, not just stand around and complain, and then that, that the character doesn't move at all. Like next episode, if we go to Brienne, she's in the same spot. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, as a whole, not terrible. There was some great, there was some pretty good scenes. Not great, not, no, no, definitely not, you know, It's a, series a hard best. six. Yeah, like, <laughs> not a soft six. No, 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 no. It's a hard six. Hard six. I, you know, if you're going to give it a, out of a ten, you give it a six. I don't know, I might give it a five. Um, right. You have a little bit more... Forgive, you can get, forgive it a little bit more because you know it's coming. There were a few Something pieces that I really loved. Oh, also, we didn't mention this at the wall. Um, Sam, he's at the wall. He yes. got a little bit there. But they were talking about uh, a new Lord Commander because they haven't elected a new Lord Commander right now. Oh, okay. So, so right now it's kind of like assumed like Sir Alistair is the front runner. Yeah. Like he, you know, he was the castle and he, and he kind of took charge during the battle. Yeah. But Sam also men- mentions uh, Dennis Malister from the Shadow Tower who's been there for 20 years that will be running as well. Have we seen him before? We have. Um, maybe. A, mm, I'm not sure. If we have, it's been like a throwaway. Like they may have just barely yeah. mentioned him. But it's, you know, it's easy to forget that the, the wall and the, the nice watch isn't just Castle Black. There's the other two towers as well. Well, there's how many towers? There's seven altogether? No, no, no. Like there's, uh, I think there's 17 altogether. Oh, okay. Something yeah, but like they're only, they only have Castle Black. The, only three are operational. Yeah, yeah. They're not fully operational. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh yeah, no, again not a like you said not there's de- it's, there's good scenes I really liked the Tyrion um and we always like the Tyrions and, and I like and I just mentioned the John and Matt scene was great yeah um but that's that's where that's where it ends for me um I really am excited to see what's happening with Arya she her story's always almost been like most like one of the most exciting ones next to John's maybe um although John has been kind of was a little bit boring last season up until the I, end what are you talking about at uh, the end yeah okay yeah up until the end. Um, um, yeah, it's always been Arya, John, and then Daenerys. But right now, Daenerys is kind of stagnant again. Yeah. Well, I mean, this I mean, if if Daenerys, if this season is anything like season two, Daenerys, God, God help us all, because <laughs> that was that was painful. Um, let's just have one of our main characters wander around the desert. What is this? You know, doing her best Moses impression. <laughs> um, it does seem like though, like just given the pacing of the episode and, w- and where they're like they're really speeding things along. Yeah, because well, like right so, away, Van- like, Varys was like, "We're on the road. We're going to yeah, we're going exactly. to the Marine. Get uh, pack your bags. You know, clean up your sh- you know your your disgusting clothes." So hopefully beard. they'll uh, they'll avoid that Daenerys problem because like she does she is kind of stagnant and they're gonna just rush through what they don't really you know need to show everybody and get to the good stuff. So yeah. Um, Obviously, I said, well, where did it leave? Where did it leave Arya? Arya was on the boat to Essos last time we saw her. Right? Yes, yeah. Okay, that was the, the way last season ended, I believe, is the boat yeah. sailing off into the horizon. Interesting. Okay, so I think we can leave it there, um, unless there's anything else you want to say. I mean, next week is called the House of Black and White. We kind of talked about it at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 
me, it literally means nothing to me. I mean, uh, we don't talk about what you know next week on. We know that Arya will be um, will be there next week, so that's something to look forward to. Um, but other than that, everyone, I'm sure everyone who listens to our show has already watched all four episodes, so they probably don't even care. <laughs> uh, but I already, as I said, I'm only watching one episode a week. Um, it, you know. Um, also, I guess we should just mention that we have a trip, so I. I don't know what we're gonna do. I yeah, don't think we'll be able yeah. to record for uh, this episode two. But I might be working on a solution for that. So yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, keep an eye on the Twitter at uh, Tower Babblecast, um, and uh, yeah, keep an eye on there. I'm really hoping to have an episode two uh, for uh, next week. Um, yeah, again, keep an eye on the Twitter. That's where you're like, gonna find all the information. I'd be willing to record while we're in Cuba. I just don't know if we're gonna be able to make it all work. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the internet situation is gonna be like there. Yeah. And, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, like, once you get there, let me know, um, and we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, uh, we will talk to you guys in uh, a week. If it's not Dan, it'll maybe someone else. Uh, but I'll definitely be here um, and for Season 5, Episode 2, uh, The House of Black and White. This week's Game of Thrones theme is a cello cover performed by Nicholas D.E., and you can find his music on YouTube.